You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We closed yesterday, as I said, on this, this animal, the koi, that might either be like a wild or like a domesticated animal. We said it had aspects of wild and aspects of domesticated. And we closed yesterday on aspects which were like the wild animal. So we're now going to jump into the 10th Mishnah. And we're going to look at what it has that is like a domesticated animal. So that's the next stage in the analysis. We've looked at why it's wild. Now let's look at why it's domesticated. And this Mishnah is in some ways a mirror image of the um, Mishnah which we looked at um, yesterday. The um, its fat is prohibited like the fat of a domestic animal. And we learned this yesterday. And the rump, I brought the rump, the Maimonides actually, just to explain this out. He's on the source sheet. I put the source sheet on the WhatsApp group. The, the Rambam says, look, according to the Torah, we're only forbidden the fat of three species of cattle, of, of three species of cattle, ox, sheep, and goat. But this might possibly be a goat. Remember, according to the Rambam, this is a crossbreed of a goat and a um, deer. So according to the Rambam, this is half a goat, this animal. So that, I think that's why he says, look, this might possibly be a goat, and that's why its fat is prohibited. But again, we're not. someone is not subject to curret, to cutting off, because of a possibility. It might be a goat, but it's not certainly a goat. And that's how the, the Rambam explains the Mishnah. It's fat prohibited. In other words, we're always strict, but one's not liable to curret for eating it. And then the Mishnah goes on. You see, we're going through all these different characteristics. You can't buy... You, if you have got money from Maser Sheni, you remember Maser Sheni is taken to be eaten in Jerusalem, but because of the logistical problems, we can turn it into money. And then we take the money to, to Jerusalem to eat there. But we can't buy cattle in Jerusalem unless we bring the cattle as a sacrifice. And the Rambam carries on to explain that we can only buy cattle as a sacrifice with Maser Sheni money. And we can't buy a koi with Maser Sheni money because it's only doubtfully ca- cattle. And we can't bring a peace offering that is possibly a wild animal. I mean, it's very interesting, actually, that the, the, all the animals which are sacrificed on the altar are domestic animals. We don't actually sacrifice wild animals on the altar in general, other than the birds. So... So we can't buy, if, if we can't spend the Maser Sheni money on koi to eat in Jerusalem. On the other hand, it is subject to the shoulder, the cheeks and the stomach law. You know, we and again, generally we're ruling strictly on the koi. Remember that we're ruling according to the, the um, if there's a doubt, we rule according to the stricter opinion. And the rule about the, 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 um, these parts of the animal. Again, I brought this for you on the source sheet. It's a pasuk from Devarim. 
This will be the priest's due. From the people. Everyone who offers a sacrifice must give. You must give. Everybody has to give the priest the shoulder, the cheeks and the stomach. So the Mishnah is going to say, okay, we don't know whether the koi, I mean, it's very interesting because we're not going to sacrifice the koi on the altar, but perhaps he's a domesticated animal. Perhaps he is. And so it, it is going to be subject to the law of the shoulder, the cheeks and the stomach. In other words, that the priest has to have it. So again, we're seeing this. It's it's a set of boundary cases. And okay, we've been learning boundary cases right through the tractate. Right through these these tractates in Zerayim, we've been learning all the boundary cases, and it's as if the koi is a massive boundary case all on its own. And this, in this particular case, by the way, Rabbi Eliezer pushes back. Rabbi Eliezer Poter, he does not want to subject it to the law of the shoulder, the sheets, and the stomach, because he's saying, look, the burden of proof lies upon the one who takes from his neighbor. If you want to. Um, if you want to take possession of something which somebody else has, you it's up to you to bring burden of proof. If you like, the claimant has to prove. And because this is a due, you can't prove that this is a domestic animal. You can't prove that the priest has got the right here. So Rabbi Elias would push back. And by the way, the Rambam tells us that the halacha goes like Rabbi Eliezer in this case. So these are the situations where a koi is like a domesticated animal. But there are also cases in which a koi is either neither like a wild nor domesticated animal or like them both. And this is the subject of the last Mishnah in the chapter. So if you like the crown of the analytical riff. After this chapter, we get back to classic Bikurim. And the Mishnah asks, How can it be like neither wild nor domesticated? Well, it's forbidden because of kilaim to yoke it with either a wild or a domestic animal. We're not allowed to yoke two different kinds of animals together. So you can't, you can't yoke it. I mean, if you think of it as coming from a goat and a deer, you can't yoke it either to a goat or a deer because it's a different species. Someone who writes his son a deed, giving his son, the or his child actually, it says Bno, anyway, his son probably, giving his son both, giving his son his, um, uh, someone who writes a deed, essentially passing on his wild or his domestic animals to his son, he hasn't included the koi in the deed. And if someone says, Im Amar, someone says, nazir I will become a Nazir if this is a wild and a domesticated animal. He's a Nazir. Now, I must say, this seems a kind of an obvious thing for the Mishnah to say. And I've given you here the reading from the Kaufman manuscript, which is the classic manuscript. Most printed texts, and I presume these depend on other manuscripts, 
most printed texts have the words or rather than and. And I've brought you that in brackets in the translation. It's an u in Hebrew. It's sorry, it's an o in Hebrew. Shezechaya o vehemah rather than u vehemah. I will become a nazir if this is a wild or a domestic animal. That's the general case, and he is a nazir, and most of I mean it's interesting the text I've given you freshly i mean in the main print is from the kaufman but most of the commentators seem to read it like the text in brackets and here they're interpret you know we're interpreting the koi strictly here but they're actually interpreting the oath strictly he says i'll become a nazir if it's a wild animal or if it's a domestic animal well strictly speaking it's not really wild or it's domesticated. So he could be exempt from his oath. But most commentators say, look, we're going to make him hold on to his oath because this animal seems to be both wild and domesticated. And then the Mishnah goes on to say, look, in all other ways, it's like a wild and a domesticated animal. You know, it requires regular shrita, like them both. It carries impurity from, uh, if it's improper novella is something that's improperly slaughtered or, or dies of itself and it carries the laws of Ava minachai you can't um consume a limb of a living being just like both wild and domesticated animals so that is the conclusion of the second chapter of bikrim which is a massive discursus a sort of a, I, I call it a riff it's almost like an it's an analytical cadenza and i i can't say i completely understand what this chapter is doing here except perhaps as a mental guide to the various halachot that it covers so that the listener can absorb them and memorize them because the mishnah was originally taught verbally rather than taught in writing so maybe that's the purpose difficult for me to see tomorrow we are going to jump into the third chapter which goes back to the main point of the tractate which is Bikurim so tomorrow we'll revisit the mainstream and we'll learn about how they brought Bikurim in the time of the temple thank you for listening to this edition of the daily Mishnah podcast with Benedict <laughs> 